to our program. Uh, yeah, yeah. So getting into the recap then. All right. Yeah. Oh, slide this down. All right. Into the recap. Yeah. So this was actually a week where the projectors, for the most part, seemed to know what they were talking about. And uh, starting off, our first game was the uh, Purple People Eaters taking on Team Honda Killer. The Purple People Eaters were predicted to win by 43, and they wound up spanking Honda Killer for a total of 65 points. Yeah, that beats what you, what you had to go through last week, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Polar opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I mean, that was fueled a little bit by Honda Killer missing and setting his lineup. He was short three players, which... Didn't help his cause, but he didn't have three players on his roster that were going to make up 65 points. Right. And it goes back to the, yeah, I guess it don't matter in the big picture, but set the lineup. Yeah. So just set the lineup. At least you got something to watch. Even yeah. if they ate up 50 of them points, like make it exciting. Yeah. yeah. And, and you never know. Just because it didn't happen this week, like you said, 1% is a lot. So a low percentage is whatever a lot you get them you got no chance if you don't put them in well and the other thing i'll throw out there as a reminder is uh we have one playoff spot in this league dedicated to the highest scoring team that isn't in the playoffs already so you might say oh well it really doesn't matter like i would have gotten 30 points out of it and i'm so far back or whatever but the next game we're going to get into is going to shed a little light on that way of thinking and so, All right. You said you had a little stats here. Next game, Legion of Boom and Hackenberg. Yeah, so we had the Legion of Boom and Hackenberg with the Legion of Boom favored by five points. Hackenberg won by 3.16 points. So you could say, wow, that was really close. But like I said, the odds makers had it right this week because the Legion of Boom messed up a little bit. J.J. Watt was declared out and missed the Thursday game but was left in the lineup. And... The Legion of Boom had a defensive lineman on their roster that scored, I think, four points. So if he had gotten his lineup set that day, he would have won this game. Then come Sunday, 1 o'clock, he had – oh, crap, who was it? Anyway, sorry. He had a running back in on his lineup who was declared out, missed the opportunity to put Daryl Singletary in, and so he was forced to go with DJ Dallas, who was obviously not his first choice, being the third-string running back or even fourth for the Seahawks. So DJ Dallas put up point six points or something. Singletary scored 3.9. It would have been enough if he was subbed in on Sunday afternoon before the game started. It was a second chance to win that same game. So by missing his lineup twice, once on Thursday, once on Sunday, the Legion of Boom gave up a win. I, it, that clearly. I mean, the points were sitting there on his bench. It's not that he would have had to hurry and get a free agent. And he just missed it, and it's it's super unfortunate. Yeah, so it's a difference for him of being one and one seven and, or two and six. But at two and six, I mean, you'd have to put together a good win streak, but you still got a shot at the playoffs. At one and seven, you do, but you lose one more game, you really don't at that point. Aside from that, just that that one little thing about you know Devin Singletary isn't the top running back in the league or anything, but that was the difference between a win and a loss, or JJ Watt being out. That was the difference between a win and a loss. So it's just super unfortunate. But it's an illustration that it doesn't seem like it matters. But that was a win. You know, on top of Legion of Boom going one and seven or two and six, that gave Hackenberg, moved them up to three and five. That's not first place or anything, but that keeps them in playoff 
you'd much, much rather be three and five than two and six if you're staring at the playoffs. It's still a long road for them, but that that's a big difference. You come back at the end of the season and say, yeah, Hackenberg made the playoffs, won a championship because someone didn't get their lineup set going into week seven or week eight in this case. Right. And that's absolutely what we talk about of uh, that, that it does make a difference. And these would be two classic teams looking at just rebuilding and their game don't matter, but it does, yeah. you know, but like you said, one, one sneaks into that playoffs and it could be the whole world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and there's, there's multiple on top of that. You know what? They beat one team and then lose in the playoffs. It still changes the trajectory of everything else. Yeah. So yeah, super important. And this look, like you said, looked like an unimportant game to either one at this point, but could be important to the rest of us. And that's why we say like, like play it for everybody. Keep it, keep your lineup set. Yeah. So, yeah. So th- those were the only two teams this week that missed it. And I'm, I'm sure those guys had things going on, you know, and to be fair to both of them, both of those teams, it was the first time this season that they missed setting their lineup, but at All least, right. for Le- at least for Legion of Boom, it, it made a significant difference, you know, and, and by extension for Hackenberg as well. Right. So plenty of that on to the next one, maintenance woes versus the green wall. Maintenance Wolves was favored by 11, won by 21. Not you know, really exciting like Monday night is and 21-point yeah. win, fairly comfy. Yeah. Then the next one was the Buffalo Pollocks versus the Boys in Black. This was the blowout of the week with the Buffalo Pollocks favored by 50. And the Boys in Body Bags hot streak came to a screeching halt. The wasn't by 50, but Buffalo Pollocks still won by 32. Yeah, it's still so, smacked though. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. I, I mean, no, good for Steven, obviously, but yeah, just we talk about it every week. You know, Fish has been struggling with injuries and all that stuff, hustling, grinding out wins and stuff like this. But I mean, this week it kind of caught up to him. Uh, but still, you know, that leaves boys and bodies back, boys and body bags at four and four, and only one game back on the division lead. So, you know, it's a recoverable thing. You just got to keep going for it, and uh, maybe next week will be different. Completely recoverable thing, especially what happened to uh, the number crunchers there this week, not just in the game itself, but, you know, the injuries. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know what, Fish, we're all running into that Stephen buzzsaw at some time in the season. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to elaborate on that, the number crunchers this week wound up pulling out a narrow victory, but it was expensive. You had the Derrick Henry in- injury, and then you had Calvin Ridley stepping away from football. So being one game back on a team that's been playing, just been hot this year, they've been having a good season. But number crunchers have to be just a little bit nervous going into the home stretcher. Oh, yeah, that team took a hit this weekend. Like yeah. you said, that was a expensive victory there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, you know, Fish, a little disheartened by the loss this week. You just have to look up and say, oh, it's not how you want to get it, but the number crunchers are fighting an uphill battle now, too, a little bit. Fish has had enough injuries. He ain't feeling bad for anybody. Yeah, that's probably right. All right, next game. Team Vito and Kick-Ass Kistner. Yeah, with uh, Vito was favored by 13. This was one of our Monday night spectaculars where Monday night before the game, I had marked Kick-Ass Kistner as the winner of this, making the, the podcast notes. And I had to go back and hurry and clean everything up because at the end of the day, it went back and forth and Vito pulled it out one by seven. 
All right, I got to be completely honest. I don't know who he had last night. I was in a frenzy. Oh, who he had playing last night? Yeah. Uh, so it obviously switched last night. Yeah. Yeah, no, this one was decided on the Monday. And, uh, yeah, so he had Leonard Williams and Logan Ryan last night that put up 12 points apiece on defense. And Kistner actually had someone going, too, who played okay. Buckner, he had the kicker. But it wasn't enough to hold off Vito. He came back from a pretty big deficit. 12 points by two defensive players in the same game. That's that's pretty big swing, but hey, again, it worked out for him and he got the win and it kept him tied for second place overall in the whole league. So that's a pretty big victory for him. Absolutely. You got you got to squeak them tight ones out. Yeah. Yeah. Not for nothing, but Kistner losing that one kept him from being tied for second in the whole league. So Vito got the win, moved on to five and three. Kistner got the loss, dropped back to four and four. There you go. It's tight competition is what we want in the whole thing yeah i mean if that's like i, I get that's fantasy football i don't know if anyone listens to this and oh, this guy actually really pays attention to me that's exciting though like I, I gotta believe those guys were looking at it getting excited when williams got a sack or you know screaming at butt kicker to get another field goal or whatever but yeah that's a good one especially where that, that's got some playoff implications to it possibly i mean Five and three, you're keeping up with the pack at the top end of the league. And four and four, it's not like you're out of it. But, yeah, now you're on the outside looking in, trying to trying to keep pace. So that's a good one. Right, but that's that's all the meat in the middle of the four and four teams and the five and three teams. That, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, if, if you're four and four, you're, yeah, you're one win out. If the playoffs were next week and you win, there's a good chance you'd be in them. Right. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight teams that are four and four or better right now, and there's six playoff spots to be had there. So, yeah, everyone matters. Yes, it does. All right. Last game, your predicted game of the week, correct? Yeah, yeah. The last game was our game of the week, and it, I tell you, it lived up to it. It was uh, show me your TDs versus the number crunchers. I'll give five with show me your TDs favored by 26, but the number crunchers pulling it out, hanging on by the skin of their teeth and winning by eight points after a – I don't know if you could call it a monster game, but a pretty good one by Tyreek the Freak there. Oh, he started scoring them points early, too. I was like, I got a chance. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, he had 20 points at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I tell you, and we, and we talk about the excitement of this, and maybe no one's been in a tight game really wanting to win it here on Monday night yet, but I've went back-to-back Monday night on this bullshit. You know, Ian trying to hunt me down with Kamara, 200 points on Monday night, and then – uh Last night, trying to hunt Keith down. Yeah. Dude, this shit keeps me right on the edge of the seat. Yelling at the TV all night. We tried to do this podcast yesterday. I told Ian I couldn't even talk. I think about a <laughs> podcast. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Dude, now that's exciting. Oh, man. So I'll tell you, when I'm doing my lineup every week, I'll break a tie in favor of starting someone on Monday night so I can have the Monday night finish. Oh, I thought I was the only freak show that did that. No, I definitely do that. No, I mean, I'm not starting freaking Devontae Booker last night over, you know, Camara or over whoever Mixon or whatever. Oh, I know what you mean. But if I'm looking at, you know, Darius Slayton or Mecole Hardman, I'm starting Slayton because he was playing on Monday. Right. No, I, I, not, I follow what you're saying. Yeah. Well, of course, Hardman was also playing on Monday. Bad example, but you get the point. <laughs> I do get the point. Yeah. Oh, good game to Keith there. Yeah. He held on. I did my standard uh, 
bad roster lineup, and I even seen the numbers today. If I would have like set like eighty percent of my projected numbers, I would have won. But whatever, you know what? Keith got me exciting as hell at the end. But now I'm worried about making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're still tied for second place in the whole division, tied or in the whole league, tied for first in your division. So the the worry and a hundred plus points again over the next highest scoring guy. Yeah. Yeah. The worry might be a little premature there, but yeah, Keith took it on the chin with injuries though. Wow. Yeah. I kind of looked at his lineup. He has to go from Derek Henry to Mark Ingram and from Kelvin Ridley to Randall Cobb. I will. Ouch. I will, I will point out Keith made a uh, smart little move there when the Henry injury happened that, uh, Oh, completely. Yeah. Adrian Peterson wasn't on a team, so he never got locked up in free agency, like on the weekly waivers. So he just slid in there and picked up Adrian Peterson before he ever signed. I think, and I'm not sure about this because it doesn't happen very often, that if Peterson had actually signed with the Titans, that would have put him onto waivers because all the Titans were still locked from their game. But since he picked him up while he was still a free agent in the NFL, like you could do that. Anytime, any like people on bye weeks you can pick up and stuff like that because they lock at their game time for the team. So he was able to sneak him onto his team before he ever got to being bid on. So a pretty interesting little move there. Not a bad one at all. Oh, no, not at all. Now he doesn't have to compete, compete for him at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got him. Peterson still had a minimum salary somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 bucks, but I got to believe he'd, he'd have been in the 20s, maybe even a little more than that otherwise. Uh, we talk about it all the time. One year rental, like the dead cat means nothing to you. No, he he would have had some money thrown down on him. I mean, I got to tell you, looking at, I don't know if Peterson comes in and is a starter or not. I mean, he is a 36 year old running back with more than 2,000 carries. But the other guy out there, which, you know, this kind of rolls us into uh, the free agency talk, anyways, Jeremy McNichols has kind of been the primary backup for the Titans all season. And looks to maintain that, especially since Darrington Evans, the other Titans running back of note, I guess you'd say, is also on injured reserve. So how much money is McNichols worth sitting out, worth sitting out there? So I, I put in for McNichols. Um, I doubt I bid enough money on him. I'm just going to guess on a team that obviously wants to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's very apparent. Um, 30, 35 bucks, 40. Seriously, he's probably not going to be on your team after this year. Yeah. I just don't think that's outrageous, and especially for some of these guys that got money. You want, you want to be sure to throw 50 bucks on them. So I'll say I looked at picking him up because my Devontae Booker stock is about to be like that Theranos company that's on trial right now. Yeah. So since that stock is expiring, and I always like to have a running back in the bag, I had the bid page open for McNichols, but full disclosure, I can tell you what I think because I am not going after him this week. I got something else going on. Because of that, I can tell you, I was contemplating like $74 because again, everyone needs to remember the money you're bidding is fake money. You don't have to go get your wallet and pay $75. And if you put them on a one-year deal, because this guy has no perceived lasting value in the NF, uh, in your on your dynasty roster after this season. If Henry broke his foot forever and didn't come back in the NFL, Jeremy McNichols would not be the Titans starting running back. They would draft or trade or something for someone. 
he might not be the starting running back next week. It could be Adrian Peterson. So all that said, I was still looking down the barrel of a $75 bid on the 50-50 shot that he gets 70% of Henry's workload. Absolutely. And it's worth that risk every day of the week. Yeah. And that's for me who he would be an insurance piece on my bench. I mean, there's no way he's starting over any of four of my running back. So if you're sneaking in there with 10 or 12 bucks or something, hoping that the rest of the league is sleeping on him, I can tell you it ain't going to happen. You know, I'll even say someone asked me, let's say this. Yeah. Someone asked me a suggestion about like, you know, what kind of bid would be appropriate? You know, where does it need to be? I suggested you want to be at least in the low twenties. And I think I probably gave bad advice that he should have been higher. And of course, at the point that I gave that advice, it was already going to happen. But then my bidding for McNichols, like, I'm just not going after him this week. But if you listen to this, you're not the reason I'm not. So don't feel bad. Um, no, it sounds yeah. to me like you got a trade in the works. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Just Oh, you said you were doing something else. No, I guess more. I'd say I kind of weighed some things. and Well, I, 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 prom- a, I promise okay. everyone here I am not bidding over anywhere near $20 for him. I was just keeping everything on it, so I'm out. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and we'll see what everyone – what everyone puts up that that was my suggestion but that's it wasn't literally well i was sitting there typing the number in but that's what i was still considering 70 again because why like what are you saving the money for like there is no award for most free agent money left over at the end of the season or most cap space so um, you want me to tell you why i can't do it well because you don't have 70 dollars, or at least oh. not you might have it but if people come off uh injured reserve you'd be hosed and if I took a $7 cap hit, dude, I'd probably be over my salary anyways with everyone coming back. <laughs> I can't yeah. even take the fucking dead cap hit. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I got salary cap problems. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, what are you saving it for? Like, there's no award for it. There's no benefit to it. And if you tell yourself or admit to yourself, like, this guy is not part of the future of your team. The one exception I would say is if I'm Keith, but you're not going to get him cheap enough to, be, to to do it. But if I'm Keith, I'd love to pick him up for under $20, you know, under 10, hopefully seven and say, okay, I'm going to handcuff Derrick Henry with Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. But short of that, what, you know, I mean, Henry's going to be back next season. The, the curse and him being injured and stuff this year, like we were talking about the probability of that, falls off significantly the second season out from the high carry total. And and it's Jeremy McNichols. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this isn't some up-and-coming young rookie guy. It's McNichols. So I don't think that there's any chance that he's the handcuff next season. I I don't even know for sure he is this season. I mean, if Darrington Evans was healthy, I don't know if he'd be getting the playing time he'd gotten so far this season. Right. Oh, yeah. Dude, this is the ultimate, like, overpayment. It's along the same lines of it has me, give, to be. me giving up $30 for Devontae Booker. Right. Because it really don't matter. In a week or so, it's going to be three bucks salary, dead salary cap hit, all gone at the end of the season. Exactly. Nothing to see here. Start so, over. So no, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking as big of a number as 70, but I would not have been surprised in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, I never hit send on that or, you know, 
whatever button you click. So I don't know if I would have gone 70, but I seriously considered it. All right. So as we're talking, I, I am canceling the waiver transaction. <laughs> I ain't even going to embarrass myself. So, Joe, I mean, before you hit cancel, I'll say someone asked me about it and I threw out a number. I didn't set the bid for them. They might have been like, that dude's smoking crack. I'll put in five. I, I have no knowledge of a bid that was put in for him or not. We'll get one listener out of this. They'll overbid me. I'm confident. Well, there's a decent chance of that, I guess. Let's just say the person that I gave advice to on this isn't someone who always does what I suggest they should do. Okay. All right. So I know you said you struggled with free agents. I got your pickup of the week on defense. Who's that? Go pick up Baron Baron Browning. Baron Browning, the linebacker for Denver. They traded Kenny Young over there, but Browning got all the snaps. All right. I don't know if he's another rookie that they, they picked up. I paid a ton of attention to linebackers because I, I knew I was having linebacker problems even coming into the season. I think preseason he was my defensive player sleeper when, when we did that podcast. But uh, he'll be dirt cheap, just another lottery ticket. People got room on the roster is another thing we talk about all the time. Yeah, that's true. I, I like that one. I, I honestly hadn't considered that guy at all. Um but I like it. It makes sense. Again, that middle linebacker and Nick Fangio's defense is usually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it, this week it could be Kenny Young. Actually, since he's been traded, takes over more of that. Like, I have Kenny Young, so I'm keeping him to see what happens. But, again, th- this is one of them guys that we, we tell you when you can save a dollar here and there. Mm-hmm. What are you getting this guy? I have a bid on him, and it's for $1. I will tell everyone that right now. I have a $1 bid on them. If I get them, I get them. I don't, I don't, I don't care. And so anybody listening to this, you bid two and you get them. But a 2 or $3 linebacker might turn into something decent, pretty valuable. And do we need to say this weekly, Mitch? If you pick them up, put them on a two-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And you said you had no defensive players, Ian? Uh, no, but I'm going to piggyback off one of yours, but why don't, uh, piggyback off of that one real quick, but why don't you throw your next guy out if you got one? All right. I do. And I know you're not going to love this because we've talked about it a hundred times. Go sneak in Jeff Wilson right now. He's going to start to practice. I know he plays for San Francisco, but man, dude, it can become so barren towards the end of the year that you're happy if he gets five carries and it's a guy that. Shanahan has proved in the past he likes for some reason and ultimate super lottery ticket, but also he's a dollar and you can get ahead of everyone else from picking him up. I, again, I know you don't like it. I'm sure Fisher is like saying lots of bad things when he listens to this about San Francisco running backs. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. It just, you have to have Nostradamus as a co-owner. That's the problem. There's, you never have any fucking idea on a carry to carry basis, who, who, you know, who is the actual running back this week for that team? You have no idea. And that's my only problem. with Dude, I absolutely understand it. it, it it's a, could be pick him up this week instead of in three weeks when he's $15. Cause we're having this conversation because everyone's hurt in San Francisco. And you know what? Jeff Wilson's only going to be on your team this year. Bid $74 on him. Yeah. You're going to make the bet to make it for a buck. Oh, and for the record, 
he only needs to be signed to a one-year deal at that point because, again, it is Jeff Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so ba- based on that, I'll, I'm not going to disagree with it. I wouldn't be excited about it, but there's something to be said for it. You know, I mean, Elijah Mitchell has already missed time from injury. Raheem Mostert's out for the year. Trey Sermon got caught in bed with Shanahan's daughter. I, I don't know what the fuck happened there, but. You know, traditionally, when people have gone out, Shanahan has liked using Wilson, and now he's back. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. You're looking at the end of your bench saying, like, you know, I got a Pop-Tart and some sawdust down there. You might as well go out and get a guy that, you know, when he is on the field, he's produced. Uh, You have to give him that. Oh, absolutely. Dude, you never know when you're staring down the barrel in in a month, and you're like, well, I can put in J.J. Taylor, or I can put in... Wilson. Yeah. And Wilson's gotten a couple carries here and there. You know. Yeah. No, that you know what? That's that's a good pickup. It, on a similar note, if you're going on the hopes and dreams pickups, I mean, don't forget that every single time that Jordan Howard is actually given the ball by an NFL team and in a game, he produces. The reason that no NFL teams want to play him, I don't know. I mean, I know he can't catch or whatever. Or that's the thing. But every single time he's had an opportunity in the NFL, he's produced. And now it looks uh, Sanders is on IR. He's out at least two more games, but probably more from the sounds of it. And the Eagles had no problem feeding Jordan Howard the ball this last weekend. And he produced just like he always does. So desperation plays and whatnot, I mean – if you're seriously looking at Jeff Wilson, who's not back from injury yet, then maybe Jordan Howard's someone you should look at as well. Dude, I love the Jordan Howard pickup. You're absolutely right. For whatever reason, every team he plays for, they don't like him. Yeah. And all he does, he's a good running back. All he does is run for yards and punch in touchdowns for every single team he plays for. He's not exciting. You know, even in real football, he's not exciting. You know, his big carries are going to be 15 and 17 yards. But you know what? He just always gets five, seven, five, seven, five, seven touchdowns. You know, it's, yeah. No, I I like that pickup a whole lot. And all of a sudden, they don't run Miles Sanders at all. And then all of a sudden, Miles Sanders goes out and they run Howard. Like, I can't completely explain it, but I can't either. That's a good pickup. I'll tell you what, though, Jordan Howard. Yeah, not exciting, whatever, but he has one of the smoothest gates in the NFL. It actually reminds me a lot of old Vikings running back Robert Smith. I don't know if you'd remember him, but he was great for a while. I do remember Robert Smith. He's got that long, smooth fucking run. He just looks it looks pretty when he's running. And he looks like he's gliding rather than working to run. Yeah. But he has a lot of power behind it, too. Smith had a fair amount of power, but probably not as much as what Howard has. He's a good running back. He's just not a good catching back, and that's hurt his career, I think. Yeah, that's borderline destroying his career. Yeah. So, anyways, on to the other one I was going to throw out there, piggybacking off what you said earlier, is let's not, uh, let's not miss the fact that Von Miller got traded today. The reason that Von Miller was traded was – not because Jonathan Cooper forced him out. And that's not the point I was getting to anyways. But he was traded because they were trying to recoup some value because they knew that Von Miller was leaving in free agency. But they obviously felt good enough about the next guy they had on their on their 
depth chart where they thought in a season where they still think they're making a playoff run, that's debatable, but they think they are, that they were going to still have a playoff chance jettisoning Von Miller and moving this Jonathan Cooper up the depth, depth chart a spot. So it, it's just, like I said, you don't necessarily have to go out there and bid on him, whatever, but put him on your radar and just kind of see if it starts turning into anything. And it's like we've talked about before. If you see any signs of life, scoop them up the next week because you'll miss your chance if you don't. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you got to do some of these moves a week or two early and just sit on some players. Yeah. You know what? Even after we say all this, nobody will go and pick them up. But you know what? You get them for a dollar this week. You're not getting them any cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, because I got to tell you, I, I haven't even looked on Sleeper at him, but I would bet that he has defensive line eligibility. And, you know, sometimes we kind of explain it and talk about it and stuff like that. You can map out across defenses over the course of like a decade, even though you have great players. Von Miller was a great player. I'm not saying that he was schemed into his success or anything, but there's certain positions on certain defenses in the NFL that are just valuable for whatever reason. You put one guy in there, he has success. The next guy goes in there, he has success. I don't know if it's a, tradi- a tradition that you're coming after – the middle linebacker for the Bears has always been great. Like since we were kids, you had Mike Singletary, you had Brian Erlacher, you got Roquan Smith now. You had guys in between there who weren't that great but still played great when they were in that position. And the outside linebacker for the Broncos is another one of those that's just always produced. I mean, you're going back to uh, Romanowski. But it's another one of those positions where time after time after time, they throw someone in that position. And it just works, whether the guy's great or not great or whatever. And again, that's across different defensive schemes, different coordinators, different head coaches, everything. But that so that's Von- probably through different owners by now. Yeah. Some traditions just stay the same. Yeah. So that Vaughn Miller position is one that I would really be looking at this Jonathan Cooper. Again, don't pick him up and be like, oh, Ian said he's good, but I'm going to throw him in my lineup and get mad when you get two points. But if someone just put them on the end of your bench, if you have a linebacker, you're not really starting, especially, and, and vet this, that he has defensive line eligibility before you go pick him up. But if he so does. I actually just looked it up. He only has defensive line eligibility. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So he that, does not have linebacker eligibility right now. Yeah. And, and he might, cause he's going to be an outside linebacker officially now that Miller's gone. But uh, yeah, he, he's just one. I'd just, for the same reasons you were talking about uh, Browning. Yep. Like, there's some transition going on on that defense. And this guy just inherited a major, major role in a powerful position on the Broncos defense. Right. You you want the heartwarming story, too? Oh, sure. Uh, he, he had a heart procedure before the season started. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Non-invasive heart procedure was done six months ago. Wow. All right. You know what? I you just always, thought I'd throw that out there just reading a little thing. You always like the guys that overcome some kind of adversity to get where they're going. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I do. I like stories like that shit. Just probably sick of reading all the fucking garbage that's always out there. Of everything's bad. So I guess I just like the good stuff. Yeah. All right. You got anything else in free agents? No, nah, that's all I got. Even two of those were bonuses for me. I thought of on the fly. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Dude, it's good. It's getting bad out there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Even only I am putting in only for one guy this year. 
the whole year. I'd celebrate that. Yeah, I'm putting a dollar on Browning. I said it oh. on here. They, so, they pick them up if they want. You just meant the week then. Oh, yeah, just the week. I thought you were declaring yourself done for the year. You no, 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 God. Oh, man. There'll be something better next, next my week. My fingers were getting less sore from typing. <laughs> just thinking about it. All right, down to our predictions. Um, yeah, well, real quick, I'm not going to go through all of them because the list is getting long, but uh, um, we're still doing pretty well as far as accuracy for free agents that we've recommended over the past few weeks. Um, but last week, uh, CJ Uzuma, which is a pretty easy recommendation, sort of like Jeremy McNichols this week, but he wound up putting up six and a half points. So not a smash victory, but you know, still a usable tight end. Um, that John Greenard is one that you and I both recommended last week. You picked him up, got eight and a half points out of your defensive lineman there. So that's, that's a win, at least on the one week scale, but you know, we always want to see it happen longer. Uh, Kari Willis was our other rec- another recommendation. Unfortunately, he got hurt and didn't have a game this week. So you can't predict injuries. I don't take credit or ding, you know, ding myself or us for injured players. Um, and then JJ Taylor wound up being a healthy scratch. So definitely not a win for us, but that's someone we said pick up and stash, you know, for the future. So Overall, the, the two players, Uzuma and, and Greenard, that we recommended were both somewhat positive to very positive. And uh, J.J. Taylor was pretty much as expected, being a healthy scratch. And Kari Willis was injured, doesn't count for anything. So, yeah, a pretty successful week of recommendations. Going back over the past few weeks, like I said, uh, pretty strong overall, unless your fish started Khalif Raymond from several weeks ago. That didn't work out this week. He, uh, he pulled a Manny Sanders on him. I feel your pain, Fisher. Yeah. Fucking Emmanuel Sanders. Fucking Khalif Raymond. <laughs> One of those names is a little bit more surprising than the other. I'll give you that. Yeah, that it is. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, anyways, that wraps up that. On to previews. But uh, So, real quick on this, Ian. Yeah. I did give out the bonus free agent pickup during our last uh, which, episode. Which, which one was that? I gave the Ernest Jones bonus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, I got to start. Right. I got to start. Think, I think we're not in the free agency part when I said it. I, I think I said it maybe when we're talking about someone's team or something. How did he do for you this week? Uh, you know, he, he was all right. I wasn't prepared to start him yet because I wanted to make sure what was going to happen. I, I, I picked him up a week early and I don't want to tell you a lie. So. He's so kindly. I did not pick him up on Wednesday, even after we signed out this podcast. So I waited till Saturday, picked him up for a whole whopping dollar, put him on mm-hmm. two-year contract. There you go. And he rewarded me with half a sack, an interception, nine tackles, and one pass defense. Yeah, hardly. Also it. known as sixteen and a half points. All right. So at least one weekend, we'll call that one a success too. But we'll track it over the next few weeks and. Uh, I'm not going to, like I said, go through every single recommendation every week, but towards the end of the season, I'm going to ball them all up and we'll give ourselves a score on that. For what we are tracking right now, yeah, we got a pretty solid B, I'd call it at this point. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? We're never getting an A. If you if you hit on this many free agents, you're, well, you better listen to someone else's podcast because I doubt you're getting off ours. But you know what? <laughs> Clipping away at what, 60 65% right? I'll take oh. it. Yeah, yeah, I think we're even higher than that. But yeah, even my my David Long pickup, the 
linebacker from the Titans got me another nine points this week. Yeah, that's working out very well for you. Yeah, yeah, that's his lowest total since I picked him up. Booker's work working out because your white worked out. Yeah, no, we're we're doing well here. Yeah, yeah. All right, we get into previews. <laughs> 